Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And this week for our episode 31, we will be looking at anthology films. And as an ongoing feature, the first film we'll be looking at is Michael Doherty's Trick or Treat from 2007. Or is it Trick or Treat? I don't know. I always just call it Trick or Treat. I mean, it's that, that sounds proper Gloucester, doesn't it? Gloucester? We're from Gloucester in the UK, and that's farmer, kind of. Yeah. Trucker treat! Yeah, proper West Country. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a, it is the start of the um, Halloween season, isn't it? It so, is. Tis the season. To tis be. the season. And <laughs> tis almost the um, American release of this film's anniversary. I don't know if that made sense. It's almost the anniversary yeah, of this was, film's yeah. American release. Yeah. Because yeah. I believe it came out on October the 5th. Um, this episode's coming out on October the 4th. And we thought, what better way to kick off the uh, spooky season than by discussing an anthology film, which is quite well loved um, amongst horror fans, that takes place on Halloween night and yeah. kind of perfectly sets the mood, doesn't it? Um, you may have just heard my cat Carrie going a bit mental. Um, <laughs> She does that. Yeah, to add some uh, scary cat noise effects into the background of the episode as we are in this spooky season. Yeah. Obviously, this uh, this time of year uh, is perfect for our podcast. It is. So we've got plenty of content coming your way this spooky season. But um, yeah, trick or treat. Um, I had not seen this film before. Hadn't you? No, I thought I, I thought I had. I had seen some of it. I'd seen the opening of this film before. Yeah. And there's a few other little scenes where I was like, I recognise this, but I definitely have not seen it all the way through before. Oh, really? So I guess I caught it sometime or I've just seen clips somewhere, but somehow I'd made myself believe that I'd seen this before. Well, actually, I... Um, so I've seen this film about four or five times, to be honest. Um, I, I, I love a good anthology. I think they can be a bit hit and miss, but yeah. I love a good anthology. Um, and I actually remember hearing about this film in 2007 and then buying it on DVD in 2009 in, you know, in October when it came out in the UK, it came out slightly later um, than it did in America. But yeah. I remember buying it from a uh, shout out HMV. I've actually, <laughs> for some reason, um, I still have this on DVD and it's one that's stuck with me through various house moves. Um, and for some reason, this film is just following me. Um, and like a certain sack boy. Like a certain sack boy. And um, 
the DVD is so old school that <laughs> when you open it, it tells you about getting ready for the new exciting way of watching films, which is Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> it's very old school. Yeah, I was, well, was going to uh, mention, so um, we had a little look before, and I didn't realise that this was not didn't get a theoretical release properly. It did get some screenings that we just looked at. Uh, what was it? But Numathon but and things but like that in America. And that was all the way back in 2007. Um and from 2007, it did loads of fan screenings and stuff like that, yeah. and festival screenings, until it finally, in 2009, got a DVD and the <laughs> upcoming Blu-ray release. <laughs> yeah. um, well, well, it was a quite a hyped-up film uh, when it was originally coming out. Uh, I can't remember there being too many anthology movies around this time. Um, I, I've only watched a handful of anthology films, to be honest. Um, so this series will be us doing a lot of first viewings for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I, I do... mean, anthology films are... Um, I mean, the, the one that always springs to mind is like VHS. Yeah, VHS. You know, and ABCs of Death. ABCs of Death. So I remember yeah. that, and they weren't... They were maybe a little bit later than this one. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure a little time. bit later, but yeah, possibly around. I can't think of the dates off the top of my head. ABCs of Death and VHS I saw a very long yeah, time ago. Both absolutely class. Um, yeah, but again, I'd say in a lot of ways, though, those ones had ones that were more hit or miss than I'd say this one feels a little bit more contained to the one, like it's one small town. Yeah. Compared to those, which is all just like much more varied stories, much more like, not so linked as this one is. Kind yeah. Of thing. Not quite as linked anyway. Uh, um, I thinking think... further back though, there was obviously, these are obviously inspired by Creepshow. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, Creepshow, Twilight Zone, like those kind yeah. of horror or sci-fi kind of event kind of films. That's yeah. where this all comes from back in the day. But I think one thing that kind of um, was quite big and hyped up about this was that um, it was obviously, there was quite a, a uh, lot of people attached to it. So obviously it was directed and written by Michael Do- Doherty. I can never pronounce it. Doherty. Like that. Doherty, yeah, Doherty. I think Doherty. it's Doherty. Doherty. I think it's Doherty. Doherty, maybe. We should have researched. Um, it was produced by Brian Singer, who obviously <laughs> is now uh, very controversial and is having this whole sexual assault, you know, <laughs> yeah, thing well, going on. Yeah, so um, Michael Doherty... Um, he he wrote quite a lot of singers' films. So he did like X Men Two, which to be fair is I think is the best X Men film. Yeah. And uh, he did uh, Superman Returns, so so Superman film, <laughs> you know. So there's a bit of a, a varied chat list. But uh, what we were mentioning when when I just like just realised that this was not a theoretical full theoretical release was that the budget of twelve million. Yeah. I was saying for a first time director to get. And for a film that hadn't secured a theoretical release, twelve million is quite a budget to get for your yeah. first little debut little film like this. Um, so it's quite like interesting. Um, as we saw, in, there's no real box office numbers, but there was Blu-ray and DVD sales, which kind of got about twelve million-ish back, just over yeah. twelve million. Um, and as I said, I don't know what other costs would minus that, so I don't know if this would technically. I would imagine that that means it probably did a little under, so it didn't really break even. Was yeah, just a little bit under. I mean, to be sure, I'm not, I'm not overly like in in touch with how like Blu-ray and DVD sales and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure how much money 
um, you know, film companies, etc., make from it. In yeah. all honesty, you know. Um, I know. I, I know that. Um, so um, I heard um, there's this uh, show, uh, Hot Ones, on yeah. YouTube, and uh, they had Matt Damon on the other day. Okay. And he literally said, "So movies now. The reason that a lot of movies have changed right now because of streaming and stuff, um, and like less less kind of." indie films sometimes that aren't released on a streaming site or something like that um, is because now what they used to have was he said basically the movie studios without Blu-rays and DVDs it would be it would be like having a second release of your film so you'd basically make like your six you know 600 million here yeah. and then you'd go and make most of that so he said they did make absolute huge profits from those releases okay. uh, but he said now that streaming services come in and DVDs and Blu-rays are going away movies do not make nearly as much money anymore yeah because of that kind of situation that like obviously they still sell dvds and blu-rays but you don't see them like selling out the way they used to and there's not as many like shops that sell like even some shops stop have begun to stop selling them now because they just apparently are outdated which yeah they're gonna go that way but most a lot of people still love like your physical copy of trick or treat i still love having them uh, physical copy it will it'll become a family heirloom yeah (laughs) pass it down the the generations (laughs) Uh, but i think another thing that kind of attracted a lot of eyes onto this film is that it was obviously produced by warner and uh, legendary pictures so it was produced by some big companies and it also it was starring some good good actors who did have a bit of names. So we had Dylan Baker, who was obviously in Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Road to Perdition, Spider-Man 2 and 3, and has obviously been in quite a bit since. Anna Paquin, who was in quite a lot of films around that time, particularly. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's quite a big... She's like one of the youngest actresses to ever get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, and then you had Brian Cox, (laughs) you know, who is also a a class actor. Oh, yeah, Um, the original... Uh, the original Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, the original the Hannibal o- Lecter. The OG, not the most remembered, probably the least remembered, but <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, Dylan Baker, I always remember purely because he was in Spider-Man Two, and there was the big hints of like he's going to become the lizard. lizard. Yeah, and then he never got to become the lizard. It's like one of those sad. It's like Billy D. Williams in ba- uh, back in Batman Returns when yeah. Harvey Dent is like. It's always like ah, oh, you kind of like. I'd, I'd like pal- to see yeah. you get your opportunity to be. Go to, go to a parallel universe where that, you know, that still happens. Well, technically that, that's all open now. So maybe Dylan Baker should get his chance. Yeah. <laughs> Those people out there bringing back all the old ones. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll jump straight into the yeah, film. Yeah, let's go it. We've done a little bit of, we've had Gab and Chatter. About, about, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still using that. Just, uh, Shout out to the lighthouse. Now is the time for Gab and Chatter. <laughs> I'm still using Gab and Chatter. Oh, William. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I get the film is kind of. I guess the thing with anthology films is they always have one central little hook, don't they? Um, yeah. And in Trick 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 Trait, um, <laughs> if you were from Gloucester, um, it kind of centers around uh, one this fictional town of Warren Valley in Ohio, which does kind of have that Haddonfield, um, oh, yeah, kind yeah. of Springwood feel to that it. That whole it? open it, the, the opening shot when it kind of shows the street with people like walking down and stuff like that. You've got the tree, you've got the trees along. It's so like middle America kind yeah. of 
quaint little Halloween. It's it's the Halloween that we probably want to have. Like, yeah, it's we kind of don't well, get over I really here. want to go to a place. I really want to see a Halloween night like that, where it's just that old, like, where they're actually celebrating in big numbers. Whereas over here in the UK, although we do Halloween, we don't do it right. I had, like, <laughs> like two trick-or-treaters last year. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, every year I've seen it diminish more and more. It doesn't feel the same level as maybe 10 years ago. Or, no. you know, it, it makes me sad because yeah. I literally want the streets full of, like, that, like... Streets full of children. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> See? Yeah, we should, we should, we should have do films with Brian Singer. Yeah, this is not not good with Brian. No. Um, so I mean, the it's kind of about it, it centers around kind of four stories, doesn't it? That all kind of interlink, and yeah. I, I like the way in which they're interlinked. I think it's quite clever. Even though I've watched this film about four or five times, there there was something in particular that I missed the last time I watched it and that's because I don't think I, I watched it with subtitles on before but we'll get to that when we get there um, <laughs> okay he's left me with a teaser le- yeah, I have no idea you. what he's talking about I'm teasing, teasing you I'm teasing the listeners you know? um, yeah so I love that opening and also something I really got in this um, so in this kind of opening scene is the music is very heavily in, feels very heavily inspired by other horror films yeah there's a real um kind of um the old psycho kind yeah. of tune that you know that I, I can't actually think of how i would make it clear but you know the the psycho kind of tune where it's kind of it's kind of long isn't it it sounds like it sounds like you're going crazy kind of thing that kind of yeah. rhythm and that is really into some of the scenes you've got some of that and it sounds so similar to the psycho it's theme. quite or- orchestral isn't it yeah it's, 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 it's not quite even though we've got visuals that look Halloween, it, the music isn't quite Halloween kind of style. Um, but there is even one bit in this opening scene, uh, this opening kill, which yeah. starts to sound very scream kind of Marco Beltrami's kind of yeah. like screeching kind of score when it kind of hits with the death. Um, so we've got the opening scene with Emma and her Halloween loving husband. Husband Henry. <laughs> I tried to say that fast. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween loving husband Henry. Um, yeah, so um, this is this is it, it, it's a short scene, but it makes a good impact. It gives you an idea of like what to like expect from this. I mean, part of the decoration is what makes me straight into this. Like, I love the fact that we've got all of this like creepy kind of like almost like pumpkin scarecrows like all around yeah. like they're properly decorated theirs but they're already talking about blowing out the pumpkin and like it's over we're done yeah. let's get it all gone kind of thing even though that's meant to be kind of a, f- a following theme in this film with the bad luck kind yeah, of thing or like breaking traditions baking traditions baking traditions but breaking traditions um to blow out the candle before you're meant to just let it die aren't you you're yeah. meant to let it go throughout the night and was to protect yourself from the spirits that could get you <laughs> <laughs> as old hallows eve um so uh where do we go with this opening of <laughs> well i mean we kind of you know she uh Sorry, it's my cat running around again. Um, so Emma, you know, tells her husband to go in, and then she starts blowing out the the candles. And there was a there was a scene that I really liked in the opening. I think, to be honest, I think it probably is my favorite bit of the opening. And that's when she's kind of taking down the scarecrows, you know, that she's yeah. made. And then she sees somebody opposite her in the white mask, kind of staring, and it feels very 
you know, Michael Myers-ish, this guy who's yeah. kind of staring at her. You can't see any facial features or eyes or anything because of the mask. Um, and it starts to build the tension a little bit by having this, you know, this music kind of starting to swell. And then a car just comes in, he takes the mask off and he goes. Yeah. And it kind of lulls you into a thing of, okay, what's, you know, is this is this the story? Is this kind of this dude stalking her? Or what's kind of going on? It's a bit creepy. Yeah. And then I think we get the subversion, don't we, where she pulls the thing off and then screams or something like that, doesn't she? Oh, so, oh yeah, pulls off the, the, the sheet. Yeah. Yeah, and then gets kind of freaked out by what's like is, is i'm trying to remember is it the pumpkin head i believe that she gets freaked out by is there something else i think it is i'm trying to think if it's sam in there but i know she gets grabbed and taken into the sheet doesn't yeah she? i know she gets grabbed and taken in but i didn't think was it is it right from that scene when it come does it jump off of that because you don't obviously get a good look at it do you like no, sam, you this opening, in this opening scene you can't quite know what it is because it's hidden underneath the sheet yeah as it kind of grabs her which is a really cool like shot that's what i said when the that's the bit when this kind of screw like music comes in when it got a kind of screech to it kind of thing um and the other thing we get an idea of what the weapon is that it's using which is a pumpkin lollipop that's been like bit into a sharp edge isn't it yeah yeah and it's like you you see it kind of swipe down and then we get the blood splatter on the sheets yeah and her partner henry's upstairs who's fell asleep watching porn yeah (laughs) (laughs) and has no idea until like hours later um yeah, it's. I mean, it's a cool opening scene. It brings you in, like it's straight away of the horror kind of creepy short. It's quicker than you might expect. So if you think that this is like always oh, this the, the start of the story, then it's nice yeah. that we get that kind of straight away. This is not the like this is not the kind of story you're expecting to see, kind of thing. This yeah. isn't what you're. It's not going to play out the way you might think, which is what's really good in this film is that it kind of it kind of goes against that expectation, doesn't it? Yeah. All of the, all of the time, there are many scenes. Like, this is one, but there are better examples in this film. Yeah, and I think are. the next one with the principal... The principal was good. Um, so, yeah, I think we... Let's just jump onto it, because I was thinking, should we go through what each one is? But let's just go through the principal. Yeah. <laughs> I think, my yeah, let me... Let me go close the door because I think she's using the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kathleen to hell unedited. <laughs> Where we've got we're being terrorized by a cat. <laughs> um yeah, so um we uh we get the whole uh the as we jump to the next one we get the overweight child who's running through we're kind of wondering what's going on with that i didn't know if he had some kind of creepy purpose kind of thing because as you're watching him you just see like dragging and you follow him from like behind you don't get a full shot of him i think he's just like dragging through you know he's just stolen other people's stuff hasn't he yeah he's stolen other yeah it's the kid from um bad santa bad santa Yeah. yeah Yeah, I was thinking that when he's, but it's only because it's like he's rushing through, and you're like, oh, so we're going off on this other trail, which obviously also helps. Is if you look around, you kind of spot different characters as you look around the town because it's yeah. kind of he's kind of helping us follow through the like as we go. And yeah, and I, I really like that you do. You get to see, um, so we see the the girls who we'll talk about in a little bit. We see um, who else do we see? I'm sure we see the vampire. Um, no, because we see Dylan Baker's character out of the costume. Yeah, we see do. him stood there because he watches. Oh, yeah, he, he is does. the principal. Uh, we see him walk by. That's what I was thinking. We saw the vampire, but then that's 
But then, no, we don't see him because I remember seeing Dylan Baker because yeah. he's watching him like, what yeah, is he, he doing is, with it? all that candy kind of thing? Yeah. Um, which, is, which is interesting um, that we see, as we as we follow him through, we see, um, which also is, is interesting because it's, this film kind of plays with time a bit, doesn't it? So you don't yeah. know what time you're in. So when we see Dylan Baker's character, like, now that we've like now that I've seen the film, I now know that that actually that opening scene was actually a different time frame from yeah this scene because you know when we play it out. That's one thing I really like about this film is that um, it sorry to cut you off as well. I always cut you off, man, and then I always apologize because like, well, I'm a courteous young man. Um, Manners, yeah. But the one thing I do like about this is in in quite a lot of anthologies we do get an overarching story so i think in vhs it's that you know they find the tape find the tape and then it's all the stuff that's on there yeah yeah in um i watched one recently called um the mortuary tales i have watched it six months ago a little bit longer and there's a running story in that but the one that i like in within this film is that it it does jump around with its time frame so we do get to see other characters crossing over with each other yeah and it's all it feels it it just feels really cool in the weirdest way it reminds me of it's almost like back to the future yeah you know when you see scenes happening behind that kind of stuff so you see little bits and pieces as the story's kind of overlaid into lap and i think you know that's that's a great thing that michael doherty do Doherty, Michael D, <laughs> Mikey, Mike D, the big D, Mike, yeah, the big D, Mike D from Beastie Boys. And stuff. Um, I just think that's a really cool way to tell the story because you kind of, yeah, you, it, it you means know, that when you revisit it, it means so obviously I haven't revisited it because this is my first time, yeah. but I can imagine now revisiting it because it, because I want to see all those little. Easter yeah. eggs that like you wouldn't notice the first time through because no. in this when you watch it the first time you don't know what's the beginning and what's the end or that the beginning is the end as well yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean it kind of that whole kind of full circle kind of moment yeah. so it is a really cool device in this um one thing actually general with just the the tone of the film right from the beginning like we said with the Haddon like the Haddonfield kind of film middle, and that middle America yeah. kind of feel is straight away I kind of got a tone with this film and I knew straight away that I was going to enjoy it because yeah. it just felt it feels this feels like the perfect kind of film to watch on on like a Halloween night I yeah think. it does feel like the perfect kind of it's got little bits of everything that you'd want kind of thing yeah but it's also weirdly got a kind of I don't know there's a kind of warmth to it that I kind of found like a like as if you were watching something that isn't like horrific, as if it's like you're watching, I don't know, Hocus Pocus or <laughs> well, something like that. There's some, there's something almost a little bit kind of like, uh, like, oh, a bit Disney a little times, kind of like, like kind of, you know what I mean, like well. that kind of family friendly, but it's not family friendly. But I feel like this could almost be, it's like directed in the style of like a family, a family film where it's got that lighting and that kind of I, moves. In, in a strange way, I know what you mean. Like that, I don't know. There was certain like that where I was like, I don't know why this kind of makes me feel kind of happy, not in the standard <laughs> horror film way, but in like a it's a it's a classic Halloween film, but it's not like a scary one. But well, I'm not saying this isn't a scary one. Well, but. that's the thing I think it's so uh, with a lot of this film is um, I was surprised that it was a fifteen, and yeah. I kind of misremembered that. I guess it makes sense that it was a fifteen because in two thousand and nine. I would have been. Oh, I can't figure that out. I would have been seventeen. 
2000 and died. Yeah. 92. So I'd have been, yeah, so it makes so, sense I would have been able to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maths, so two years back and then 10 yeah, years back. So my, 12 years ago. Yes. <laughs> Take my, that away from how old you are now. My maths is bad. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of know what you mean because it's not overly gory. There is a lot, It's there is suspense and there is implications of violence and stuff like that, but it's not overly bo- overly gory, you know? No, it, it's not. Uh, it does obviously. It doesn't shy away same from time. It doesn't because it like I guess it does have death of young children and it things does. like that. It doesn't scare away from that, um, which is one thing I kind of like is that it it feel but it feels like the camp like <laughs> this kind of looks of us a bit, but the old campfire stories kind of thing. Yeah, it feels like those kind of like we're watching those play out where anything could happen to anyone, like the kids yeah. or things like that. You know, like the old don't tell tales in the dark and you're kind of goosebumps where bad things would happen. Like yeah. it feels like we've got a lot of that. Um, and actually talking about like Michael Doherty, to be fair, like this is a tone which I'm not surprised because he nailed that kind of mixture of with uh, Krampus. He nailed that kind of mix of Christmas yeah. warmth with some creepy horror. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he, he totally nails that kind of mixture of like the fun of the season mixed with the horror that can yeah. come from that season and in Krampus he absolutely kind of like it's like I, I really enjoyed that film yeah you did. Like, that he did like I really like it has that perfect little mixture of both kind of thing yeah um and I think yeah he knows how to play it he knows how to play basically it's the gremlins formula yeah it kind it's of a is, bit of both it? in it it's a bit it's of a fun bit of it's a bit of it could be almost family friendly but at the same time, it could also be terrifying. Yeah, and that's like, the thing I this love. This one's just a bit more gory than that. Krampus is probably a little less gory Definitely. than this one. Uh, that one probably was closer to the Gremlins formula, whereas this one is a little bit more because we do have severed teenage, young teenagers' heads. Yeah. We do have the the cracking and pulling of bones of death and that we hear that we don't actually see, to be fair. Yeah. But it definitely paints some horrible, and we do have some blood, more blood splatter yeah. and violence. It leaves a lot to the imagination, though. And that's, the, the go back to what you were saying about the kind of funness of it. Um, that's what I, I mean, the first story get, which is the principle. Um, that's This is one of the ones that does have the kind of horror comedy feeling to it almost you know yeah um so we get charlie who we've seen following through the cities um and it is it's the, li- the little lad from bad santa um little lad yes <laughs> he's a he's a he's a he's a bulky lad he's a bulky lad but he's a young lad so he's, he's a young lad. lad um and he's you know he's caught stealing candy from you know, unattended bowls and stuff like that. And then he, he gets there to the school principal of Mr. Stephen Wilkins, who is obviously <laughs> played by Dylan um, Baker. Dylan Baker. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Dylan Baker's character kind of comes off as a bit like, you know, he's just letting things go and he's trying to be fun and enjoy the night, isn't he? And yeah. he kind of says... Oh, I mean, it well, depends. There's a, there's a quite a layer to this because yeah, at first, like, it, it's nice the way that it kind of builds because at yeah. first... He comes off like several different things. At first, he comes off like someone who's just trying to be like the father figure. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be eating those candies, you know. As if yeah. you're, I think you might say about him being diabetic or something like that. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be eating all these candies. You know, that's not going to be good for you, kind of thing. And then he starts to go into the whole, but you know, boys be boys kind of yeah. thing. Um, but then he starts to get a little bit creepier. The stuff he Definitely. says starts to go more, I don't know, diddlerish. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they 
executive looked at Brian Singer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they discussed it with him in detail. Yeah. Um, and then we, and then it turns creepy. Yeah. And he starts really talking about um, all of the, like the, the, the traditions of Halloween and the yeah. old traditions. And I really, I really likes that. Dylan Baker totally pulls off this kind of range of going from like kind of nice to getting more and more creepy and a bit unhinged. Yeah, well, Dylan, well, Dylan Baker's, I would say, I mean, you could, people are free to disagree with me, <laughs> as they are. But I, he does have a lot more of a kind of a comedy background and a bit more of that yeah. Mr. Nice Guy, almost, you know, about him. His characters are, all, are always people who, are, who aren't particularly, you know, forceful or aren't particularly kind of falling into the aggressiveness or something like that. Yeah. He is more of a kind of reserved... He, does, he nice seems guy. more of the average Joe, doesn't yeah. he? He seems more of that kind of... The principal thing fits him perfectly, yeah, basically. Him but perfectly. he is the principal. And also, because he's a principal, this is what kind of lulls you into this false sense of security. What yeah. he's saying at first about protecting him and stuff like that automatically thinks, well, he's not in harm. If he's... If he's judging him about his not e- eating candy then he's not like he's yeah. not a, he's not a threat then is he he's just being a bit weird yeah. <laughs> but he's not a threat um, and then we get this scene which uh, i was eating while this scene well, played yeah. out and normally it doesn't really like that doesn't really affect me this but the circuit about this one it's just kind of like a bit <laughs> like oh okay this is still going on <laughs> it's like a non-stop so as he's telling him about like the traditions of halloween and things like that um, and he talk and he talks about like how um, how you know he talks about the pumpkin carving because he is carving a pumpkin yeah, isn't he, at the same time, uh, not very well as he says. Now, he does like a hack job of it a bit, but uh, probably better than I can do <laughs> yeah. when I take my time. But still, um, he kind of lectures him and he talks about like how you would have to give. Is it is it about like the sacrifices or things that they used to have to yeah, give at Halloween and things like that, and that you'd have to take those things, which then leads to the reveal that um, of the kind of gluttony of the child that yeah. he's eating a candy that you know that he shouldn't be eating, kind of thing, and that kind of leads to him looking at it like it's a bit strange. Yeah, and then we get. What basically in my head for some reason I looked at the boy and it was like reverse Augustus Gloop. Yeah. It was the chocolate river coming out of Augustus yeah. Gloop. Because it just looks at first it doesn't didn't look like a blood to me. It looked like chocolate. It looked yeah. like brown, just posted brown chocolate coming yeah. out and out and out and out and out. And it just pours and pours out of him. But I don't know, but at the same time, you, it's a bit sickening at the same time, like the kids like you can see it on his face the panic like he can't make it stop kind of thing. yeah this and it's been like arsenic poison has been made by the principal and it's like what the fuck has just happened yeah and he's still there kind of just playing around with the pumpkin yeah. as he's just watching him like it's not until they get into the house that it starts to look blood like blood when yeah it then it pours down his shirt and yeah things like that and we get this whole like bringing her in and we're like what the fuck is going on and it's also it's also a bit like this is the kind of despite because it's the principal. It's the implied that one of his children, like one of his school children. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, like what's happened at first? You're like, is he actually going to be dead or has he just played a trick on him to kind of yeah. poison him to make him sick? 
as if he's trying to prove as if he's trying to prove a point about no. the, the food and stuff. Is what I, I was I pretty sure he died as yeah. soon as he. Collapsed. I mean, I mean, all of that, all of that coming out. I was like, okay, yeah, he must be dead. But I was still kind of playing the line in my head, like, yeah. is he definitely, or is it a case of you know he's trying to prove him? But as soon as you saw the blood pour down like the shot, I was like, okay, he's definitely dead. <laughs> yeah, that dude dead. Um, and but it's it's also there is a little bit of a holy shit, like they killed the kid, and he doesn't, he's not like an older teenager. He's no, a young. Like he's supposed to be a kid, know, isn't he? He's yeah. a young kid, so he's a young gun. He's a youngin, and so we get that kind of weird, like, oh, is this like this is a, a bit of a unexpected zone, you know? Yeah. And again, to kind of throw it to Krampus, that was one thing I remember in Krampus being like, because they like early on they like kill the teenage daughter, the younger teenage daughter kind of thing. Yeah. And, that. and I remember in that being a bit like, holy shit, I didn't expect them to do that so soon, but also to be like, you get like the blood splatter and the scream, and it seems yeah. like, oh, okay, so children are definitely on the table. In this one, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Um, which again we've talked about before is a bit of a no-no in quite a lot of them. Yeah, They're like you it, don't kill children, you don't kill pets. It still feels like, a bit taboo, doesn't it? It does. That taboo know. of like you don't kill that, you don't kill dogs, but Michael Doherty goes for all of them. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know what I mean? He's full on. Um, and then we get the the burial scene where he's trying to bury the body, isn't he? Um, yeah. This I don't know what this this I couldn't pinpoint, but it felt very similar to me to another film. But I couldn't pinpoint in my head what film it was feeling like. I was kind of well, it's, a, it's kind of a classic trope, isn't it? That somebody's burying a body, and yeah. Somebody, they get disturbed. You know, it's that kind of uh, it's from, a fa- uh, from Brian Krupp, Cox's Mister Krieg. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's the a Cox. very like it's not something that's you know particularly new within the genre. No. But I quite liked that within this, it's done well because one of the bodies starts waking up. Yeah, and I was thinking, I was, I assumed that this was, you know, Charlie, the the, the young boy. So I yeah. was like, oh fuck, like, okay, what's going on? And then you know, his neighbors, Mister Brian Cox, is being a bit of a bell end and kind of yeah. saying, "What are you doing?" And his son screaming. I just thought his son was so annoying. Yeah, his son was so like constantly kind of like, oh my fuck it, like you and Mister Creed, like and like. Yeah, your son is really like he was complaining about his son in like in, under his voice, and he was just like, "Yeah, we agree, we agree." Like, <laughs> he he seems try- like a little shit. <laughs> Trying to bury a body. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. But then you've got you get Charlie starts to move again, doesn't he? It yeah. starts to react and we start to get noises and stuff where he's trying to make him be quiet and things like that. But then you've got the dog growling oh, through the yeah. fence, and then there's that scene where he uses the and chops off one of the fingers. To feed to the dog. Yeah, that was grim. Yeah, that, that was, it was quite like, funny in the same way. Yeah, it had a kind of there was a kind of um, the humor here and, and just the way that Dylan Baker looked. There was one bit where it made me kind of think a little bit Reanimator. Yeah, where it was kind of that weird like humor mixed with really dark kind of little bits of body horror and things yeah. like that. It was kind of like and him looking a little bit kind of that kind of Reanimator kind of stuck up kind of yeah, what, you know, like yeah, like you very know, formal looking. Yeah, no, formal looking and has his own kind of belief that this is the right thing to be doing in his own weird fucked up way yeah um to kind of uh to jump past that so uh, the the bit that i liked the most in this scene though was the ending with the sub yeah when they're in the basement yeah that was really good to do the jacket they're like he's the kid won't shut up about doing the bloody jack-o'-lantern and things like that and you're like okay 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 um but it's a really nice twist reveal at the end of this because we get him walking up and it's obviously played on purpose that his child is so fucking annoying because <laughs> yeah. we we kind of are like, oh, you're so annoying, kid. But actually, as he approaches his son, 
you see him kind of put his hand on his son's head and you think his son is looking at the pumpkin and you see him bring out like a large butcher's knife, a very Halloween-esque, yeah. like Michael Myers-style kitchen butcher's knife. And he's saying, let me, um, let, remember, help, help me carve the eyes and stuff like that. And yeah. Thinking, okay, yeah. And his grip gets like tighter on his son's yeah. head as he brings the knife down. And at first you think, in my head, I was thinking, it's going to be that he's just stabbed it into a pumpkin. Like yeah. that's that's all it is. Like they're just playing with us. But then but he brings it up with the blood. With blood, and you're like, oh shit. Uh-oh. And then we get the reveal that it's actually Charlie's. Yeah, Charlie's head. Uh, it's Charlie's head is the jack o' lantern that they want to carve the eyes out of and scoop the eyes and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And you got the kid with a little demented look on his face, and I was like, ah, oh, that's a that's a cool little like kind of twist there. That yeah. And I like a kind of creepy son like element to it. Well, I like the story because obviously he's saying that his father disciplined him and showed him how to celebrate it properly. So yeah. I like the idea that you know this stuff's kind of been going Passing on from it the on family. Kind of thing, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, I think it's a great. It's it's a strong story to kick it off with. Um, yeah. And I think I would say about I would say three of these are strong stories. One I'm not particularly huge on. Um, I would ask you your rankings at the end, <laughs> but um, and also we did. Earlier on, when he was dealing with Charlie's body, we were introduced to the group of teens. Yeah, who we get in the uh, in the bus massacre section, don't yeah. we? Yeah, is the second is the who? second, story. which is where we go next when we go across to follow them. Like after as they're going down the street, and uh, in a very American way, uh, when they're knocking on an awesome front lawn. I love this. Like, um, well, they refer to her as Rhonda the Retard. Which back in 2007, 2009, you were like... I think in in America, for some reason, they still sometimes... No, like, they don't think it's a good use. But in 2007, it wasn't okay then either. No, it wasn't but, okay, but like... But Americans, for some reason, had used the retard term for a very long time. It was a bit of a strange one, that, yeah. like, that kind it, of use. It had fallen out of fashion around... I think Michael Doty knows he's using it, obviously, in a yeah, it's supposed bad to be, taste. It's supposed to it's be a in, child saying it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's supposed to be in bad taste. The bully and the girl. Yeah. But, I mean, hearing... I mean, obviously, when, when I first watched this, I didn't really think much of it. I knew it was an insult. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, it, like, you know, looking listening to it, it was like, oh, man, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's really bad. Well, the other know? word they call her is the idiot savant. <laughs> yeah, the idiot savant. Because she has made this, and um, fair play to Rhonda, because she, she says she's carved all of the pumpkins. There's like a hundred yeah. plus pumpkins on the front, and they're all like different details and stuff, and it makes for such a cool, like, yeah, I, want a front la- I want a front yard that looks just yeah, like that. Like, same. like all of those pumpkins is such a cool kind of shot that you've got as... Rhonda comes out in her like witch's costume. Yeah, I just I just thought it just looked so nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was was so well set design, and I love that that you know they go to the um, they go to this kind of um, flooded quarry. Yeah, and they start telling the story of what they call the Halloween school bus massacre, um, which is about eight kind of children with um, disabilities, um, and the the parents are kind of fed up and sick of you know looking after them so yeah. they pay the bus driver to go and to give them some kind of poison candy um, i'm guessing that's what he was doing poison candy because i where i first watched this i thought he was he was gonna take the i thought he was gonna take off them off yeah them. yeah i thought he was gonna um, let them just drive off but... oh i just got a uh something delivered carry on that 
Okay. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> a nice, uh, many, uh, many ups and downs in this one. Um, so we have the, uh, the bus bus. And I see what you mean about the, um, I see what you mean about the poison candles. In fact, I didn't really think about that part. I kind of was still thinking that the handbrake, but to be fair, if they've paid the bus driver to do this, it doesn't really make sense that he's going to then destroy his bus. And it doesn't make quite make sense. Like they're all pinned down. So like, obviously driving it off means they can't escape. Makes it seem, I don't know. Cause it makes it seem more like an accident though, does it? Whereas just poisoning them on the bus, that doesn't look like that won't seem like an accident. No, but I guess the That's idea is they've paid off the police as well to kind of just let it go. Um, Maybe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure that it's not meant to have gone off. Because why? Why chain them down? And why, like, unless they're already chained down, that would be weird. Yeah. But it just seems like this would be. But then I guess if anyone pulled it out, then they'd be chained, wouldn't they? And then that still wouldn't work because it'd be like, well, they were chained up. Why were they chained up when they went off the side? Well, my. But it my... seems more like an accident, is what I mean. Like the bus going over the edge would be like, oh my God, what a horrible accident into a quarry, which I've already said is very deep. Yeah. Whereas the sweets wouldn't really seem like an accident. I, I mean, my impression, I'm sure they, they say that they've paid the bus driver off. Yeah, they do. I'm sure, I can't remember if they, I mean, I only watched the film yesterday, so it shows how bad yeah. my memory is. But I'm, I remember them saying that they paid the school and the police off as well. Oh, okay. So unless they did Might that. Might have missed that bit. Because uh, I, I was just thinking it was a, standard case i just thought it was giving them candy to kind of distract them for a moment before that's he what kind i of left thought he was doing and then he looked them in but then looking back on it i don't know it's still a bit unclear to me but either way yeah. um, one of the children freaks out because he kind of recognizes that they're going in a different way and he's kind of uncomfortable with it so he freaks out and he tries to drive off um and he ends up driving off the um you know into the quarry with the bus driver and we yeah. hear that you know, the children were never seen from and the bus driver was never seen from again. And then we come back to modern day. Um, well, yeah, they say that, but in, we like they say they were never seen again, but we do see the bus driver get to the edge. Yeah, we see the bus driver to the edge get of the, to the rock. So the we rocks. know that he was, um, we don't know who it is, but we, we know, know he gets it, the he edge. Gets that. Um, and then we could, you know, they, they, they want to lay out eight pumpkins for the, um, you know, as like a tribute to the, the children the lo- that the died. Children, yeah. So they go down, and I think, you know, I, I kind of love this. This story, I think, is my favourite. Um, I love that they go when they go down into the quarry, this kind of eerie fog takes over, and, yeah. you, you know, things just seem to start switching. Um, yeah, I think this this is the one that most, to me, felt like the classic, like, this is the one that most felt to me that kind of, I think this is what drew me into that. that I was saying before about like that kind of, I've got such a kind of nostalgia for when I was a kid and I used to love these kind of shows like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and all those yeah. kind of ones, you know, telling little stories around and they always used to have a kind of, and this, because it was a, a like a young group of kids, it felt very much like that. Yeah, It felt like, it felt very nostalgic of that as if they were drawing on that kind of, young so them going down into this deep dark place kind of felt very like yeah i, I i'm in i'm in on this story because it just feels so so well creepy because it's told through the eyes of kids kind of thing yeah there's an added creepiness to it and because of you know like you said when you when you tell a story through the eyes of kids you kind of have this innocence in a weird way yeah that you don't get with adults you know with with children you kind of expect okay the people aren't going to die you know um i know we know that this has been broken already but 
But I don't know, this just it still feels a bit kind of strange, doesn't it? Yeah. And you have this innocence to children and um it basically they go in and uh, it's Macy who's the real bitchy Macy's character. The bitch, like she's yeah. pretty much the, the standard trope of like the kind of the the more beautiful blonde one is the stuck up bitch. Yeah, <laughs> basically the at the same one. time. You know, who like and she also hates the fact that um is it is that I can't remember? It's Schrader, I think it is. Shred- I think, I I think Chip's thing. the little. Bo- I think Chip's the little boy, and Schrader's the, which is a really. It is. That just makes boy. me think of Shredder from yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I thought they were calling him Trader. Which yeah, I thought that's. Was I was going to say Schrader doesn't sound, but Trader that sounds more familiar to me. Um, but he seems to actually kind of. He's actually really nice to Rhonda, which yeah, is a kind of strange. Well, and I he, guess he feels he, sorry for her. Yeah, that's what, probably because like we know, like he knows what's coming, kind of thing. But Macy fucking hates that. You see the look on her face every time he's nice to Rhonda. Uh, Chip seems a bit of a, a sad. Oh. He he does actually. He he actually he actually had one of the best lines in this because when they go to one of the houses for the trick or treats when they're sealing the pumpkins. Um, they go to like a swingers party at yeah, like do, their teacher's they? house. Yeah. I think it is. That was awesome. And it, oh, what was it? It was um, he. He then comes. Did I just see like? Did I just see? Um, it's like one of his teachers, like Mr. Traeger or something like that. Did I just say Mr. Traeger butt fucking a horse or something? Yeah. Like <laughs> or butt fucking a pig or something like that? It yeah, just made me laugh. Like, and it's kind of awesome, you know. Yeah, I kind of like. I kind of like Chip. He's kind of an unfortunate add-on. And then you've got Sarah, who I don't really. But I don't remember a lot about. Yeah. She's got braces. <laughs> but that's the thing I was wondering, are the braces part of the costume? Because yeah, that's true. The braces that she had are the kind of big ones that go around the head. And I've I've never seen those in my life. Yeah. The no. only person I've seen has have them is like I've only seen them like animation. Like yeah. Lisa Simpson had them Lisa in one Simpson episode of that, you know. There was a there was another in finding Nemo, she has something kind of similar yeah. to that as well. But yeah, maybe in American dentistry, but I've never seen the <laughs> UK never braces seen. that look any. No. I don't know who would let that happen to them. It's like, yeah. why? Maybe the old braces were like old, that. I don't know. Old school braces. Yeah. Like making you look like some kind of creepy chained monster. They do. But either um, way, she, yeah. And they're all kind of dressed up in Halloween. They go shit. down that kind of creepy, like, esque. Uh, that's not the right word, but you know, I mean, down it's into like the lift. bottom of the yeah. quarry, don't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, like a mine, sh- like almost like a mine shaft kind of one, yeah. isn't it? Um, and that's this is where we get the whole play on Rhonda, where yeah. it's kind of hard to tell at first what's going on. They all disappear. We get this kind of, uh, and then as she's walking towards the water, we she sees we see something moving in the water. I think we get little glimpses of something in the background as well. Yeah, we get around. tidy little glimpses. Um, and out of the water comes this kind of almost a bit like Jason, yeah, like swamp kind of creature kind of thing, but looks kind of like a person at the same time, kind of swamp creature coming out. So it very much made me think of Jason Voorhees, like yeah. in the first Friday the Thirteenth. And they start like chasing her through, and she drops, and the glasses break on the ground. Well, she doesn't break them, but the, the guy the chaser guy. does. Yeah, um, and she sees Chip on the ground with his guts hanging out, and yeah. one of them like eating at his gut, pretend to eat. So you're kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Is this real? Is this is this not? Obviously, uh, and then we get, uh, and then she falls over, trips backwards, and bangs her head against a rock. So you're yeah. like, oh shit, have they killed her? <laughs> yeah, I was like, thinking. I it. think it was a. I thought, yeah, that's what I thought it was. I thought, oh shit, this is now turned on. It's a prank that's gone wrong. That's what I was kind of thinking. Which is nice because that's already was making me feel, oh, this isn't what I expected to happen. Yeah, but nicely he does a twist upon a twist kind yeah. of thing. So. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, and I, I really like the way it's shot with this scene, actually. The way that Rhonda's, like, lying there in this kind of, like, laid out, like, this yeah. like, witch kind of thing. And then around her, you see them come in their quite quite good costumes for the, the, for kids, for the, yeah. the kids to have. Um, and they're, like, freaking out. <clears throat> and obviously, once Rhonda kind of gets up, but then this is when they start to hear noises of something, which I didn't realise who it was at first. I didn't realize it was so. This is the bus massacre kids actually coming back out of the water. Well, it comes back because they knock the pumpkin in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. yeah. So they knock the pumpkin in, don't they? And then I think they chase her. I'm sure. But, yeah, yeah. You it's hear like they've broken the sacrifice. Kind yeah, of thing. you hear those noises. Um, another one of these kind of you've broken a rule of Halloween, like the boy, and now we've got the like yeah. the pumpkin sacrifice has now been broken because you let it go. And out they all come. But at first, I did. I don't know why. Maybe it was just. I don't know. Maybe it was a bit dark in my quality copy or whatever. But they looked like I was like, what are they? Like some kind of crawlers or something? Yeah. Or like because I think I could mainly see the one in the vampire mask. Yeah. Um. Because it was all like bloodied and broken. I kind of thought, oh, is that like a rock monster, a yeah. crawler? What is it? Like a quarry monster? Um. It wasn't until a little bit late. It wasn't until a little bit later that I actually got a proper look. I was like, oh, it's the vampire mask. That's what yeah. I'm seeing. It's like an old, like muddied version of it, but. I was like, ah, so, um, so, but this is where Rhonda's revenge. <laughs> yes. Rhonda's revenge. As we get, um, as she goes towards there, all of the kids are kind of like a little bit further back from there. Yeah. And she runs to get into it. And then that's when well, they start to really notice, isn't it? What's yeah. around them. And then, so they start, you know, they, they notice that it's the, the eight children killed in the uh, bus massacre. And I love that when they're running, one of them, uh, the the woman with braces on, I think it's Sarah, Sarah does the classic trip for them, yeah. uh, and then gets dragged away. You know, I love that. I just there's something about people being dragged into fog that yeah. I, will, I will always love, um, and I think that's just such a a nice visual. And it, yeah, again, it has the implication off screen. You know, yeah. And we get uh, obviously of them all pleading as Rhonda's kind of thing. Rhonda can't still can't really see that clearly. So it's hard to tell whether Rhonda really knows what threat's there or whether yeah. she just thinks that it's they're still playing with her, another prank. Yeah. So she just closes and leaves them to it kind of thing. And then we get... Um, so obviously, I mean, apart from Macy being a bit of a, a bitch, the rest of them, they all played the prank, but it still feels like... She feels like the one that was... She was the, the ringleader. She was the ringleader. Uh, the rest of them kind of a little bit feel like uh, like maybe less uh, less deserving yeah. of what... Because we don't see anything, but we hear quite violent sounds of like ripping and yeah. tearing and well, they go bones up. breaking and well, they she you know um, uh, Rhonda gets into the into the lift yeah um, and then we see the like... other the other three are at the gates and, and said come on let us in um, and uh, we see the the zombies whatever they are the kids slowly walking towards them and there's that one crawling which is awesome um (laughs) and it looks as if she's going to open the gates and let them in but then she hits the button to go up yeah and as the lift going up we kind of see these shots looking down on them looking up at ronda oh yeah as they start to like crowd around and stuff like that and then we start hearing the screaming yes and the ripping and stuff like that and i just love that i thought it was such a I don't know, it's such a fun way of, of showing the deaths, you know. Yeah. It, I I, thought it was more impactful. It, it did. It, it left more to the imagination purely because the sound effects and the sound work on it was so actually really effective, yeah. I thought. It really sounded grotesque. Whatever was happening to them sounded like proper bone-breaking, 
ripping skin like kind of yeah. sounds and it was i was like oh okay i didn't expect that and you then you kind of do get a little bit of a, oh i feel a bit sorry for the kid <laughs> especially say like chip who's like really like i don't know if he's just meant to be like a small event but you're pretty sure he's a lot younger than the rest of them so yeah you know i don't think he was about the same age to be honest maybe he was just short, he was just a short boy i don't know he still he seemed younger anyway yeah. so yeah, and then we also get, and something we didn't know, we didn't mention with the uh, principal either. Each time we see the deaf, we uh, and we're at the beginning, we see, is it Sam? Is that what it's he's Sam, called? It's Sam. That's what he's called. I, I just always, I, I don't know why. I just think Sack Boy. Sack which Boy. Is not, a good, <laughs> not a good name, but I just yeah. think Sack Boy. There's Sack, Sack Boy. Sam. I'm guessing because it's Sam Hyman. You know, like yeah. Kind of playing. Yeah, they're playing on that yeah. kind of. Uh, but well, this is obviously what. Doherty likes to do Krampus. They, he likes to play yeah. on the classic like tropes of a seasonal holiday kind of thing. Can't wait to see what he does with Easter Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but we get. I really like the shot again. She's walking away, and again, she can't clearly see, but she looks over towards Sam, who's kind of sitting in like a little part of like a tunnel kind of thing yeah. or a bit of, and just kind of sat there and i mean i just love whenever we see shots of sam because he just looks so cool he is and he is um but he he became the icon of this film yeah oh, yeah yeah you know? like the, he's what you see everywhere like if yeah. you're talking trick-or-treat you don't i don't see a lot of shots of anything else but i see sam his image is now i see that almost as often as i see chucky yeah or i see you know he's kind of had a real kind of and I mean, apparently it was it was from an animated short where he originally did it um, in nineteen ninety six. Um, it, yeah. it was a very similar thing, I believe. Um, when I was looking up last night, I saw there's like five different trick or treat little shorts. Okay, cool. I don't know if they. Some of them, I think, were made after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hear coming. Yeah, yeah, some of them were definitely made after, um, but the, there was that pre precursor, um, and then. Yeah, I like that Sam's in each one, and he's there almost as like a spirit of Halloween, isn't he? You know, keeping an eye on things. Yeah, he almost is like that little. Obviously, it's all in one town anyway, but that's kind of another little link we get throughout the films. Is that yeah. he's almost watching over what's happening. It's like he's there each time to have overseen it. Kind of. Yeah. It's almost as if he's making sure that the wrongs that are done to the traditions get righted, and if, yeah. if no one writes it, then that's when it might be. You know. who writes it yeah <laughs> um, uh, writes that wrong well we and then we move on to the third story um surprise party as they call it yeah and this follows we've got i think we got flashes we got we? flashes we, this one and like say the principal one which didn't jump around as much this one did jump around to occasionally getting shot with anna paquin and them yeah changed and we got that kid who's like peeking through the you know them getting I'll, changed i'll talk stuff. about that scene after that is a class scene. um <laughs> Not for the reasons you think. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but well, that, yeah. that kid thinks it's a classic. That kid thinks it's a classic. Um, he's, he's happy. But yeah, yeah. And so we've already got a little bit of idea of these characters in the next yeah. part. And that, you know, and they're also, they're played up a little bit more like almost like the classic bitchy sorority house or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the kind of, of sorority. Or at least the, like the main one. Not, not fully bitchy, but you know what I mean? The kind of hot girls getting dressed up in sexy costumes yeah. to kind of, you know, Play get it and they pipe. go. They just go. Yeah, get some pipe. Yeah, <laughs> get some pipe. That's basically. <laughs> that's yeah. basically what we're sold on at this point. And then that's we, the heavy implication of it. And we get that um, they go off to a party while Anna Paquin's little Red Riding Hood yeah. is left to um, I find a date. I think she's Laurie. I think yeah, she's named Laurie. Yeah, yeah and she gets throwback. and she kind of stays and is kind of sitting around town. 
Um, do we get the bit with the, the vampire? It's around this. It's part, around this yeah. scene, isn't it? We get like a, a short cutscene, which I thought was just going to be, uh, weirdly enough, I just thought we were occasionally going to get this random little horror bits like added yeah. in. Like, so I thought this vampire bit was kind of just going to be just that. Kind well, of they, did, they did mention, you know, on the team. So there's a reporter at the very beginning when, um, when they're walking through. Um, and there is a reporter who says, you know, it's the night where werewolves and vampires and goblins and ghosts come alive and stuff like yeah. that. So we see this uh, vampire kind of kill this woman in an alley. Um, and then he places her body down next to some battered people, um, yeah. which is great because it looks like, you know, she's just drunk and has been partying. Yeah. Um, I mean, because so far we'd had like a more of a serial killer. Yeah. You know, we'd had some kind of monster. We'd had basically like zombie kids yeah so it was not although weirdly i don't know why i suddenly thrown it got felt a bit like, i slightly like oh vampire now i don't know why that seemed weird to suddenly yeah. have a vampire <laughs> when we'd already had those others but yeah for some reason it kind of like oh okay vampire i wasn't expecting vampire i don't know why but yeah, yeah. i wasn't expecting vampire <laughs> um and then obviously the vampire kind of sets his eyes on anna paquin's lorry yeah um and she you know she goes about trying to find a date for this party um and the uh they they ring her up don't they her sister rings her up and says oh, i've already got someone for you and he's great you know he's a normal guy and it's just this like big dude just sat dressed, dressed like, like a, a baby, baby. yeah <laughs> he and, looks like he, he looks pretty bad as well yeah, he looks pretty bad <laughs> and he says that it's his you, you know she said it's her first time and she wants it to be special and the other three are saying you know we've all done it and you know yeah. you kind of got to get it over with and that kind of stuff this is is like is playing on that classic like teen virginity, yeah, teen virginity yeah, kind like of thing. High school, so we're very much getting the more of the classic teen like teen horror kind of yeah, idea. Like yeah. then the, you know, it's playing with different kind of ideas. But yeah, this is that. Is this the one? I feel like this is the one that you feel is the weakest of the stories. No, this is actually uh, my second favorite. Oh, okay, I thought that this would be the one. This was the one that, although I do like the twist. For the most part, the rest of it was, I just thought it was okay. It's, it is made a lot better by the twist at the yeah, end. But a really cool part of it, obviously. But I'll reveal some more stuff to you after that <laughs> I picked up on. Um, so, obviously, you know, Laurie then starts deciding to walk to the party. Um, and this one is one of the more shorter ones because I think we get bits of it intersected through yeah because we get bits spliced throughout this bit felt like quite quick it feel, feels quite quick um and they go to the you know uh she she's on her way to this party and she's walking through the woods and then we see the vampire and the vampire like starts trying it on and starts biting her in the neck um and we hear we hear screaming and then we cut to the Oh, the forest. And yeah, we've got. That's when we get the the sister, and then the red yeah. Riding Hood falls from the trees. Don't kind of think. Yeah, so we get because it jumps then to that, um, and we see uh, we see the other three girls that um, Laurie was with, and they're kind of partying with with these guys. Um, and there's quite there's about twelve, thirteen girls, isn't there? Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. We have the the shop the uh, the costume shop clerk who brought who. She'd asked to come to the party earlier yeah. that night. We get two of the two of the guys that were loading stuff in a truck. That yeah, and none of come. them looked like anyone that they'd actually be interested in. No, they just I look mean. like regular people. Don't and they? yeah, and this is what these little things are. What are nice about the twist, isn't it? That we see these little like 
you're looking at it like, why the fuck does she want to set him up with baby boy? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you you know, you're thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's got to be the virginity. Um, and then we see um, a, a body fall out of the trees into the ground in a, yeah, in a, in red, a red riding cape, in a red cape. riding hood cape. Yeah. So we think, oh, shit, something's happened to Laurie. And this is where the vampires are going to cross over and intersect with these young women. And then they don't seem phased by it at all. And yeah. the vampire is kind of crying, isn't it? You really do feel young. like this has just been a setup for oh, a va- giant vampire massacre now, don't you? Like when yeah. you get to that scene, it doesn't feel like what's coming. It feels like, oh, oh, I see. So this was all set up for them to be like the vampires, you know. Yeah. Slaughters, basically. Yeah. Um and then uh, you know, Laurie appears, doesn't she? And she's she said, Oh, he bit me and she's bleeding. Um and she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's got to be the one. And you're kind of like, what's happening here? Yeah. Like, what's, okay, this is a bit of a twist, you know, may, you know, what's going on? Um, and then they take his mask off, don't they? Well, yeah, they turn over the cape. They and turn over that's the when cape. they see the vampire's mask. Yeah. Right, and like, oh, okay. And they take it off. And underneath is Mr. Wilkins. Mr. Wilkins. Um, and he's got a pair. Well, they take his teeth out first, don't they? He's got a pair. <laughs> they take his teeth out first. Yeah. Because and I was like, oh shit, so it's not a vampire. Yeah. And then it's they take some dude, some dude. And then they take the mask off and they say, "What's your name?" And he says, "Oh, still Stephen Wilson." And it's kind of like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. This was the only bit that weirdly didn't work for me, only because visually, it's one. The Red Riding Hood obviously did not look. It looked very small. It looked like Anna Paquin size. Whatever yeah. body fell was not big. And also, Mister Wilkins did not look as bulky as the vampire who got the woman against the wall earlier. In the film. Yeah. That guy was. It was definitely not Dylan Baker under that mask in the no. first bit. Like, that guy looked like bulk. <laughs> yeah. Like, he looked pretty, like, kind of more beefed up and definitely taller than Dylan Baker is. <laughs> yeah. And like, my main thing is I, I I go between liking this twist of, you know, Steve Wilkins, who's obviously been the serial killer, now being the victim. Yeah. And I kind of, sometimes I like it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's quite cool. It, it links up. But then other times I'm thinking I would have preferred it if it was for separate stories that overlap yeah and it, it, and it was kind of like you're looking into this town and nobody's aware of anybody else's story but yeah. all these individual things are happening it did this is the one twist that felt a little bit like well all the other ones were kind of separate you know what i mean yeah. all the other parts were and it didn't feel like we didn't need him to cross back over into this one as well yeah like, no that's what i think like I, I i did was a little bit like oh okay but it, i don't know maybe because there's no real lead up or setup for it and because we've already had his story play out nicely in a different yeah. way, and in that case, he's good because it kind of plays out nicely because in that case, he was actually fulfilling one of the traditions anyway yeah. with the boy who was breaking a tradition. So it's kind of like, why do they then need to be here? Like, I would have preferred, like, as you said, it just to be a va- like, or to be an actual vampire or to be a just anything else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just... It's the one bit, yeah, where it definitely felt like mm, maybe one step too far. Like, you didn't need to cross this one over into that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of the others really do that, do they? No, they, they don't, don't. They just, like, they, they glimpses cross, it. They glimpse other. into it, but they don't actively cross over so much. Yeah. Um, but this was, uh, yeah, this was one that I, I think, I, I, I think because I love the twist, um, and I think it looks so good, and then there's the additional details I'll tell you about after. But the twist is then that, you know, uh, Stephen Wilkins starts kind of freaking out 
and Adapak which straddles him and he's a bit like what the fuck is going on he tries to get away but his legs really fucked and broken yeah um, and, and you're like how did Anna Paquin beat him kind of thing yeah. and she comes in covered in blood and stuff like that before she straddles him kind of thing and it's like yeah. Okay, so we definitely got a twist here. Which at first I thought it was going to be that they're the vampires. Yeah, that would have been a, that would have like, been a cool one. I thought they were vampires. Like when she walked back in, I was like, I'm getting vampire vibes from her yeah. right now. Um, then yeah. obviously she, you know, ev- the people around her start yeah. morphing. Well, I got when the when we see the full moon, yeah. the full moon there, like that shines between the trees. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So the women turn out to be va- to be werewolves. And they start yeah. morphing, and I love the morph because it's there's a, there's shots of them kind of pulling the skin off as if it's. This is what I liked. It was yeah. different. It, it he he found a different way to show a, a werewolf transformation. Yeah, and I thought that was really awesome. Like the way that they do it, so that like you said, like they're, they're pulling off the skin almost like it's a, a suit, or suit. Something, yeah and underneath is the hair already there and it's all thing. matted and all black all yeah like and all like red, red and so it's like yeah it's whether it's like the skin is like whether it's something that i have put over or whether they grow that skin back over and yeah then they can just keep peeling it back off each time it's very weird but then and the shot of her back where she's almost like she's almost unzipping her back in a way yeah yeah it's kind of like tearing but it's kind of like a velcro tear it's like a, yeah there it goes so I just and then obviously they, she then sees that all, um, Mister Wilkins then sees that all of the people are being eaten by these hideous werewolves, and then they he then gets eaten himself. Yeah. Um, and the first time I watched this, I didn't really expect that twist, you know, and I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. But it was only when I watched it back with subtitles on that I heard what they were saying in the lockers in the changing rooms. Did you hear? I can't remember that. I, I remember them being in the locker room, but I can't remember exactly what yeah, they were saying. Exactly. So this is something that I noticed because I think when you're first watching it, you're just kind of looking at what, at the boy and you're kind of paying attention to that. But what and I also this... think because it's you're in your head, you're just thinking that this is like this one's meant to be like a standard trope of like a guild team. Yeah, chat. Girl so it's team like chance, uh, nothing they're saying like that. is that important. No. Probably in your head. And so and you think they're talking about getting the pipe um, because they start saying like, ah, uh, you know who. Um, whose idea is it? And they're saying, "Oh, this is a tradition that we do like every year." Um, they somebody says one thing, um, and then she says, "Do you remember last year in Tampa or something?" And she says, "Oh, we started as sailors, we dressed as sailors, and we ended up with sailors." Yeah. Um, and then some, you know, um, another person says, "Oh, do you remember the year before when you were uh, vomiting in the back of that guy?" back of the van or the back of that guy's van and she says yeah i ate i ate some bad mexican and i was like oh that's funny looking back uh, i do i do remember some of this dialogue yes. saying it. yeah I do and remember. then they they get to the last girl and they say yeah well last year whatever her name is um was with a woman you know last person's date was a woman and the woman goes um you know yeah she had a great ass and then she said you know man or woman it doesn't matter they both they both taste the same to me and it's just it's something that i never picked up on until this time when i watched it yeah and yeah i just think that this is this i think this is my second favorite my first would be the um you know the the bus massacre um but i just think this is such like a neat fun little one that's done it's got a really interesting twist to it 
there's yeah. a lot of symbolism that kind of links to it you know her dressing as little red riding her yeah that and sort of stuff. like i said the whole like that they're saying like oh i've got someone for you the baby and the different people it suddenly clicks in your head like oh after you like saying like oh right okay that they were all like you were just thinking the whole time like they're picking the weirdest fucking blokes yeah like why and it was like oh i see now because they're all just meat no, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not there for that piping they're there for that meat yeah <laughs> um and then obviously we move on to the last one um and this is actually surprise funnily enough seeing as how the character of sam is on the um oh yeah sam also watches the uh werewolves eat yeah he does um, yeah he sat on a log he sat on a log watching watching um if it, thank god it wasn't an audrey <laughs> he sat there whacking off watching. Little sam. <laughs> yeah um and then so sam's story um mr. Whilst, well, yeah, yeah. Mr. Well, mr creek mr with Mr. Brian Cox. The Cox. The, yeah, it said the Brian Cox, didn't it? On your the, thing. The Brian Cox. The Brian Cox. You sent you sent me a picture and it said the Brian Cox. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's weird. The Brian uh, Cox. The Brian Cox. Yeah. Um, well, so, that was my writing. That oh, that was, was your writing. Yeah. I thought it was. In, I thought that was the credits. They credited it no. as the Brian Cox. <laughs> I wrote an edit. Uh, the Brian Cox. I did look at it after and go, oh, it looks like it's actually part of the sort of somehow it I made it look together. Um, um, yeah. So... Interestingly enough, every I time think... he appears in this film, it just comes up with the Brian Cox. Yeah, any scene he's in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, and I think that this this one is actually, I ironically, I think, is the weakest one. Um, we have obviously Sam is the kind of figurehead of this film. He's almost the poster child of the film Trick Artery. You know? Yeah, um, you could use. There's a lot of collectible figures of him. You know, costumes, a lot of lot of stuff around him. Yeah. because of this film and he is it, it's one of those iconic characters isn't it yeah but i think that his story for some reason for me feels the weakest i'll let you explain this one because i think i did most of the last one um, <laughs> but... um so yeah this this one has we go back to mr krieg who we met early during the principal story as he was the one on the other side of the fence um, and we did get a scene earlier where mr krieg was banging on the window kind of screaming at uh, Mr. Wilkins, but Mr. Wilkins just told him to like go to fuck hell. off. Fuck yeah. off, yeah. Um, acting like yeah, I don't go. Like if you're gonna be an ass to me, I'll be an ass to you. Like, um, and we get um, Mr. Krieg. Uh, we get some uh, trick or treaters going up to his door, and then we see this creepy shot of like glowing eyes in the darkness yeah. that come when the door just opens up. And out, like, comes rushing is what sounds like some kind of hellhound or something like that. Yeah. And it turns out just to be his little dog who has <laughs> put a mask on him, which yeah. I kind of liked that. Yeah, I like, like that. Like, the whole, like, and the way the, the eyes were, like, played, like, big, glowing, like, yellow eyes was quite a nice kind of cool, like, yeah. a little addition to that. Um, And then, yeah, we get Mr. Krieg, and we kind of... This one, this one was quite, like, it did feel quite long, actually. It went on for a while, but maybe it's just because I was kind of like watching i think i had to rewind at one point so yeah. maybe it just felt long because of that um but um but we have um mr krieg uh is well basically he's just in his house he's flicking through different channels isn't he um but i mean the tradition that we break here is that the trick-or-treater coming to the door not having things prepared not being ready for those coming at the door kind of yeah. thing seems to be that kind of you're not there to give Okay, like you were meant to, like as like the whole handing over of things, yeah. handing over on that kind of, he doesn't do that. He scares them all away and he doesn't take in any of the traditions kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which could be a link as to why one of the reasons that Sam comes after him. Yeah. Um, 
And then we start to get like noises around the house. Yeah. And banging and moving. And we see a shadow kind of go by the door. And he's like, what's that? He thinks someone's kind of snuck into it, like his house. And then that's when he goes outside and we kind of see the Mr. Wilkins scene from the other side. Yeah, from the other side. And then Which we is get... good because I think, because we know what's going on. So that kind of has that interesting yeah. element to it. I did, yeah. Um, and then we get, when he goes back into the house, obviously he closes all the doors and the, do- the, like, the dog's inside and things like that. But then we hear something on the, like, the cat flap kind of go. Yeah. And uh, again, we start seeing more moving around. Um, and that's when the dog starts going a bit crazy and the dog chases something up the stairs and we see a quick shot of Sam rush by at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Um, and this is when he hears like the dog wails. And then he goes and grabs his shotgun yeah. and chases up, chases up the stairs. And this is very much like the creepy monster in the house kind of one, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the what what's in the shadows kind of thing, what's moving yeah. around you. Um, and we we get him chasing up the stairs. And then that's when we get like um, something's in the bed. So we think yeah. he thinks it might be the dog or something like that because the dog's still kind of making a noise. We don't yeah. see what happens. We don't actually see what happens. We don't see where the dog is, no. but the dog is still making like a noise. Yeah. So he's following it. And then it's, it's like a, it's like a hand, isn't it? It's like an electro, like, yeah, it's like a little vibrating. Yeah. And then that's when we see, um, we see the, we see a pumpkin candy and then we see it go up to the screen and then it comes away with a bit off part. Yeah. And then that's when we get the swipe across the back of his ankles for Mr. Krieg. Mr. Krieg. The Brian Cox. The Brian Cox. And uh, yeah, he, he falls to the ground in like agony. Um, and kind of what follows to him, it, it, like I did uh, at the same time, I don't know, because Mr. Krieg, I felt, I did feel quite, I know he's like a grump and stuff like that, but it didn't really feel like it done that much. He just didn't want to take <laughs> part. Kind well, of thing. You don't, if you don't go with the traditions, you get killed. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but like he gets quite a lot of like, quite brutally like beaten and grabbed at and slashed at and like he, he's kind of there. And we have Sam um, and he does finally manage to get a shot off into Sam. Yeah. And we kind of reveal that underneath is like a pumpkin head. It is almost, yeah, it's yeah. a pumpkin head. Yeah, it's like, it is like Very a pumpkin weird, head. Like he does look really like weird. It's, it's quite like cool little effects on yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but he definitely recalls like a pumpkin, like pumpkin-headed boy. Yeah. Um, and, and when he, he and gets when a he shot shoot... off, which is that bit's really weird for me though, because he shoots him and it looks like a like an explosion kind of thing. It kind of looks like a big bang, and you don't get a full shot. But then when we go back to it a minute ago, pretty much his whole head's still there. But it looked like he shot at his head. No, I think he shoots through his stomach. Does he? Yeah, because it when you like, see, it looked like his head kind of part of his head blew off to me. Well, so... I think that's because. Um, when he gets shot, it, it comes up with the innards of pumpkins, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. So kind, it kind of sprays. So it kind of looks so as it if it might have been like the that. spray that yeah looked like it was just exploding. Yeah. Um, but one of those shots I do really like in this is when Sam's crawling along the ceiling. Yeah, that's a really cool shot. When he's like uh, Mr. Krieg's in the doorway in in the back of like right in the back corner of the shot, you just see something moving across the ceiling, yeah. and then you get a shot where it's like more wide, and you see Sam kind of crawling above his head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of get what you mean. Um, I mean, I don't know. I like the subtle hints added, but I do in some ways the werewolf one, I do like the subtle hints added, but at the same time, I feel like it's saved by a great twist that one. Yeah. Whereas I didn't exactly enjoy like the Anna Paquin or the, or the characters that much. It's, yeah. it's those little bits that were littered throughout it. 
Whereas I guess I kind of I kind of liked getting to see Sam, but maybe that's because the build up of Sam. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I would say that like this one, it as I said, it felt a bit it felt a bit long to me. It felt a bit drawn out, and it felt like we were just moving some scene to scene, chasing each other around, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I did slightly like the payoff of this. Um, well, I think it's a good payoff. You know? you know, where he, you know, Mr. Krieg, because you're expecting him to like die quite brutally. Um, but he actually gets away. Um, so I'm, t- I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying, I know he gets away. I'm, I'm suddenly blanking on how does he get him? So I, I think the, the scuffling, aren't they? And yeah. then he goes to stab him yeah. and he actually, he goes into a bit of chocolate or something instead, Yeah. which then he takes and it's like, you fulfilled the tradition you've given. Oh, you've given sweet. it. Oh yeah. That's it. That I liked that bit. I, I liked it, the yeah. fact they fulfilled the tradition where it had him like, as if Sam is just this little child kind of, yeah. and you've done it. Here you go. You've given him something that you should have given him. In yeah. the first place, <laughs> you know, to, to wave them off. So the always make paid. sure you feed the children or the children might eat you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. And I, um, you know, as, as he goes away and you kind of see him walk out onto the street and then like this, I did like the way it linked back right to the beginning of the film. So this yeah. is when Sam walks outside and Mr. Krieg's watching him all like bloodied and beaten and he watches his, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. It doesn't go straight to that. It goes, um, we see afterwards where he's kind of, he looks as if he's learned from the tradition. Yeah. He sees it. But he starts and, burning the pictures. Doesn't yeah. He? And know. then we go to, when we see the, the picture, is it the, but obviously it's already been Halloween like night, but then we see him all bandaged up and stuff like that. I think that. that's later. So I don't know if this was that's the, be same, the same Halloween. It's, it's the, the same, same Halloween. Night? It's just because because I know it's I know it's the couple from the beginning, but at the same time I was also thinking, well, the couple at the beginning like well, we I was see thinking them. how much we saw of the rest of them at the at the very beginning. And we I see the the because the girls knock into the couple from the beginning so it all takes yeah. place on one night um yeah it's just because but... he's already like bandages himself up in such a way obviously yeah and then there are more kids that come to his door as if you've seen that he's learned from it and we see yeah. sam kind of watching him to see if he is yeah. doing what he should be doing on yeah. the halloween night um and that's when we get him kind of sam kind of like yep okay he's fulfilled you've that one your lesson and then he turns and looks round back uh back to the couple right from the beginning uh henry and uh can't remember her name um I mean, not, it's not like it's really that clear no it's now. not it's not really that clear i couldn't i can't say it. actually without looking it up i can't say i knew what their names were you could, sure you if could just say it. robot man and <laughs> whatever she's dressed as wasn't she the robot he was like a roman soldier or so he was like a Viking oh he, she was a robot yeah he was yeah. a i thought he was a robot i don't know he had like a like he had like a kind of Sparta style kind of thing on him. Yeah. Um, uh, it, I don't whichever they are, it, yes. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Sam looks across and he sees them. And then this is where we kind of get that. I mean, the Mr. Krieg part kind of cements, if you didn't get the theme by this point, that traditions are what are important. And Sam is watching to make sure people are fulfilling the yeah. traditions. And then this is where we properly now realize that what she said at the beginning about blowing out the pumpkin and him saying about its tradition, it's bad luck to yeah. blow it out. We now see that that's why she was the one to get killed and not both of them. Yeah. They weren't both targeted because she's the one that blew out the light and said that it's not important. Yeah. But we also see Mr. Krieg burning the pictures. Yes. After. Oh, and we get the little reveal of who is the bus driver. And it is Mr. Krieg. Krieg. Which is yeah. probably explains why he's such a weirdo and why he hates Halloween. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I mean that's I, I liked I liked that little I liked that throwback to the bus yeah. massacre. I did um, as well. And then we get the we also after we've got that, then we then get all of the the children appear at his door, don't we? Yeah. He closes them. He walks back away towards the TV, and then hears a knocking, and obviously he goes to get the candy, knowing that he has to now, yeah. or Sam's going to come back for him. And that's when he opens, and we see all of them lunge at him. Yeah, well, they stand there at first. He realizes what's, what they are. what's happening. It, or it's all of his his uh, his chickens have come home to roost, as you <laughs> as you would say. And uh, then it, this is, and then the the end credits are really cool because as they go to attack him, it then cuts to an animated version of the Brian Cox. It's like a comic, and he's style, getting, yeah, isn't he's it? getting it's all a comic book eaten. It's very that's very creepship kind of that yeah, kind definitely. of like going into that kind of when we get to see like that they all lunge on him and we get to see kind of the blood and touring yeah. apart of it, tearing apart of him um so that's all a really nice like kind of effect that kind of happens there towards the end is yeah krieg's brutal dismemberment and and the film is um it's quite compact i mean it's got a running time of like 82 minutes and yeah. I, from what i found is anthologies are very tight films yeah I mean, I don't. I just think with these ones, it, like with anthologies, and like obviously, like like you said, like everyone's like VHS, like it was linked by all of them watching the different. But this one's much more linked to more connecting characters. Yeah. Whereas that one's more just it's got a format that it follows, and yeah. yes, we've got different stories, and yes, there is kind of like a main point with the video, but it is mainly more about like, like some of them are just like the ABCs of death is that I remember being very much like. As if we're just watching like a, a, a variety of different like well, horror stories play out. I like, think that's what separates. Whereas this one feels a bit more. I, I kind of like the fact that this one's a little bit more like just one small town connected. Well, well that's where I mean the production is different because um, VHS. Uh, VHS is what is obviously one we we spoke about. Um, ABCs of Death and this other one I've watched called Tales of Halloween. We watched it many years ago mm. um so they were you know each of the segments are written and directed by different people yeah which Tales is of halloween did that have like was that did that have like william shatner in it or something I don't like know. that or patrick stewart or, i swear it has someone like that and probably i was like why are really they in this like yeah, I feel like it was like William Chapman or something. I was like, why? Probably. Like, I'm not surprised they're in this. But, why? but loads of them do films that they just don't promote because they have to. My my a friend I went to school with was in a film with Michael Fassbender. Um, he was, I mean, he was an extra. He wasn't in the film. Yeah. And they filmed it in Cheltenham. Um, and it's not, but it's not something that he talks about yeah, it's like yeah, a straight no. to dvd thing it's michael fucking fastbender oh yeah know? yeah no well they do yeah they obviously do they do it all the time like once your once your star is not like i'm not saying michael fastbender but uh, for quite a lot of them they are kind of like once they're in that kind of thing they do those films they get a paycheck of like if you look at like bruce willis's career now yeah it's basically like he'll do like one scene in the film and they've basically paid him like a hundred grand just so he just so they can put bruce willis on the cover but if yeah. you actually watch the film he's in like a scene, <laughs> yeah. Whereas just Bruce Willis being, yeah, I got fucking paid. Like, I got paid. Contractual like, obligations, probably. Like yeah. he has to make eight films for a, a production company. I, Three of them could be blockbusters. <laughs> the other will be straight to DVD. You know? I think when I, when I was over at my friend, uh, my my mate Josh's uh, house, um, we were there was like a, it's like a 
an ape like giant ape like throw off of like king kong kind of okay. movie yeah and it had um i don't even know but eric roberts who's in things like the dark knight and stuff like that i'll recognize him if i see it and literally he's in like he's in like one scene but it, it's so obvious that he's like been paid to be like he's sat there in this like giant ape movie with like terrible special effects and he's there yeah, in like, one scene Roberts. and then they cut to another side angle and it's yeah. obviously not him <laughs> so it's like they're showing the whole boardroom of people and it's yeah. obviously not him sat there. Yeah. And it cuts back and it says, so it's obvious he literally filmed, like, probably even possibly, like, at his own house. Yeah. Like, they filmed against one wall with him in a chair and then filmed back yeah. to the side. And it's well, just like, they do these that, films. They just... do that all the time. So, yeah. my friend Adam, who I do um, Free Wise Men with, he was going to be in um, a film. And it's a Marvel film. Um, it's, I mean, I can't give it away, but it's to do with. Two insects, both small, one tiny, uh, with an actor who may or may not have been in Halloween Six, <laughs> and um, uh, another one which flies. I mean, I don't. It's similar I feel like to he's uh, me here. I know that what the film is. It's similar, everyone else. It's similar to a bee, but I don't know whether I could say whether he was going to be in it because he couldn't say. Um, and he was going to just sit in scenes, and was going to be the back of someone's head because they couldn't get somebody to be in it yeah and he was going to be that but he couldn't do it because of stuff to do with it like it was going to line up with his wedding or something like that so he couldn't do it but they do it all the time man. oh yeah know? no I know, I know they do that all the time I, mean, I just mean that in these kind of situations like when they're directed dvds they give less of a shit about it if it's yeah, obvious definitely. that it's not the actor <laughs> anymore or if it's just cheap shit but yeah, no. Um, but at I least think, back yeah. to the anthology. So the, yeah, that was a trip. Yeah, that was a tangent there. But, um... but yeah, the I mean, this one is a lot more, I guess it, it's more concise and it's tighter because it focuses on telling less stories and it's all written by and directed by one person as opposed to ABCs of Death, which had 26 directors and didn't have a flowing theme. Yeah. It's just a letter, you know, that they were given. So you know, I think that helps the film feel tighter. And having a runtime of 82 minutes as well, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a particularly long film. You don't have to prepare yourself and sit there. Like you said, it, it, because it's it's a 15, it, it's almost, it kind of has that magic. And you could, you could watch it on Halloween or you could watch it at the start of Halloween to get yourself in the mood, yeah. you know? It's got, yeah, as I said, it's got that kind of, it's got that kind of fun about it, which I'm not saying that horror films don't have that fun, but it's got almost like a kind of childish fun about it. Yeah. And it's kind of in that kind of childish, like it can be a little bit silly. It can be a little bit, you know, a little bit immature at times, but that's like kind of what's nice. And because we follow Sam, who is not a child, but it is, it seems like you're watching a child. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, kids in this and it very much understands like what ha- like halloween is like and as you said it's short it's like a perfect little halloween snack you yeah, know what i mean it is it'll get it, you get you ready won't it it'd be a great it's a great thing to kind of enjoy in that way yeah um and as i said i just think yeah i think michael doherty's got this kind of great kind of um vision for this kind of thing i think he's shown it here he's shown it in krampus i mean i know he, he hasn't really made that many films so far he's done yeah. this He's done Krampus and he's done Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters. Yeah. So, you know, and that, you know, that one 
depends on your taste. I mean, I, I quite liked that. I, liked I know it. a lot of people that don't. I'd I think it was it. absolutely rubbish. Although, you know, I'd say at the same time, visually, I think he's got a really good flair. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously another horror director, Adam Wingard, did, did the next one, Ghost of Kong. Um, that was good. But I think Michael Doherty had a far better visuals. I'm, like, I'm gonna, I want to rewatch it again. Like he, his like were beautiful shots, whereas Adam Wingard's were very much like, you know, it, I just it didn't have quite the same visual flair. It kind of looked a little bit cheaper at times to me than it did in yeah. in King of Monsters, where he knew visually what he wanted. Maybe the story didn't pan out as like, as strong as yeah. it could have been. But you know, then again, he also wrote the story for versus Kong. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he 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 kind of was on that track because he'd already fought up the ideas. Um but no, I just think he's got this nice I do want to like see some more stuff from him. Yeah. And I hope he kind of returns to a like a proper like kind of horror kind of style. It but, would be cool. You know, if they were gonna do say if they couldn't just if they couldn't get Joe Dante back or something like that, I'd almost say he's probably perfect if they were ever gonna revisit like Gremlins or something like that. Yeah. He's got the perfect kind of idea of like he's a mixture, mixture of fun, fun and horror. And he doesn't need yeah. to be like full on gory horror for yeah. him to kind of find a fun way to invent it. Well I mean um, there, there was talks about a sequel to to this, uh which was apparently in the works. Um and uh, I mean, news of it has, has kind of dropped out. So originally, Michael Do- Do- Doherty um, announced that he, he was planning a sequel. And then he said that there was kind of no active development. And then, uh, kind of a 2013, um, they announced that there was one coming. Yeah. Um, but with a change in kind of legendaries management and their operational stuff. It kind of died off, and we haven't heard anything about it since. So, yeah. but I would love to, you know, I mean, I'd I love think, to see it. Come I think a lot of people like because, as you said, the, the 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 how strong the fan base is for Sam. I think people would like to see that character again. I, you know, it's not so much that I'd like to see the just more stories like in the universe kind yeah. of thing. I think it, it's quite a fun little universe. I think we could. There's a lot more ideas that could be put at, at play here. Yeah. Um, I think I just think in the rat the you said about earlier the ranking, so I feel like we've well, got to come back to that. Oh, also I want to mention that final shot actually. Oh because yeah, because there's missed in it. Because that final shot is obviously where we go back to them, but then we get the shot of where we see the whole street. Yeah. And we see the the group of teens walk the street together. Yeah. We see each of like the house like each of the houses. So we see that in go by in a car or yeah. the werewolf girls, which, is awesome. which shows that that skin goes back on. Yeah. Um, or is it before? I think it might be before we uh, before we go to them, but it might be in the shot as Sam's looking across the street. Yeah. He sees all of them go by. Yeah, he does. Um, but, so it's not the final, final shot. Okay, the final shot is back to the beginning, basically. But that shot, I really liked that shot where we brought them all of the characters together, where you saw all of the yeah. group of teens walking towards... Um, walking like those going by um actually we didn't see the group of teens because they're dead <laughs> i thought we saw the group of teens we, but we didn't because we see this is after yeah. that's all taking place i'm sure we see the we see the werewolf we see the three by, guys who and we see, see the son on yeah. the step in what looks exactly like his dad's clothing yeah with the blood stain almost as if but it's like little version almost as if it's yeah. like a costume version of his dad yeah um and then he's like handing out treats to like different kids and stuff like that. So we get like all those little like kind of 
flashes of different like characters yeah. that we've seen in the story. Um, I really like that. And then, as you said, you said about a, a ranking. So and before ra- we get to that, I'm going to take it to the social media lounge. Oh, okay. We've yeah, we're gonna, we're, social media. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a little trip to the social media lounge. Um, so obviously, we haven't plugged it yet. That you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at cmth podcast um and what we usually do is we put our episode what we're recording out there and we get people's you know thoughts and feelings on the film um so uh the horror project podcast shout out um they released their episodes on fridays um they were they said that um their favorite is the the principal so the first one that we get um and uh shaken not stirred podcast who i believe would you release episodes on tuesday um they hadn't seen this film until last year and it's taken over as their favorite um halloween film so that's quite some high praise for that is big high praise i mean i I really like it and i definitely would put this on my new like a roster of like ones to watch at halloween definitely um in fact on 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 insta i've got uh monster movie man 13 who said he loves it and it's a fun holiday romp and a must-watch annual staple, which, again, I, I'd agree. I can 100% see this as the people that watch, you know. And also, it's it's good. I know it to some people this might be very, like, scary, but I don't think it's majorly scary. No. So I think for some people that kind of like that kind of in-between kind of horror, you know, you like a bit of more maybe your kind of uh, Halloween town and... Um, and hocus pocus but if you'd like to take a little bit more of a step towards horror this is a nice kind of in between of that kind of not too horror but there's lots of nice little stories you could follow i mean and like in a way you could you know it's one of those where you could almost watch parts of it so it's almost one which you could play while you're doing other things on halloween night and it sets you up for the the whole season i think because it does obviously it takes place on halloween night um it's it's very autumnal i'm guessing because it's in halloween but as we as we in the uk shift more towards autumn watching this um as we do kind of set me up quite well for the you know the the autumnal period it does it got me very in the mood for this kind of october oh it did yeah i want those orange and brown leaves i want the uh i want that kind of i want my starting to think of my hot chocolates and my uh my sweets and just binging some horror films yeah tell us you tell us your rankings well, the first the rankings. time viewer okay as my first time viewer i think i i think i agree with you that i like the uh the the bus massacre slash yeah. kids at the quarry story i think that would be my top um i think i would then put as my second i think i would put the um you know, I quite like. I liked the principal bit. Yeah. I thought it worked quite well. It was it was creepy in the right way, and it kind of it went against. And I I love that ending with the sun in the jack o' lantern. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I got. I'm I'm kind of struggling because I don't. Comp- I quite like the Mister Krieg part. Um, although I felt it like, like a little bit long at times, and I don't completely love all of the werewolf like Ooh. the surprise part. Yeah. So I'm kind of finding it hard to kind of rank them. I feel like I don't love or hate one more than I mean, the they other. Could, they could be They're just kind of there. Like. It's kind of like a joint third in my mind. Yeah. I can't really decide which one. I mean, I love the part with the werewolf like, yeah. s- uh, strippers <laughs> stripping their skin off. I thought that was amazing, but then I didn't love the Mr. Wilkins twist. Yeah. Um, but I, I like. I really liked like 
the parts of Mr. Krieg and the way that Sam was visually shown at parts. Um, but then I didn't think that all of it played out as creepily as it could have. Yeah. So, you know, there's an old balancing act there. Um, I forgot, I've left out the opening. The opening probably actually, those two would probably be actually fourth place. And oh, put, right, the opening. In the okay. third, I'd probably put the opening because I thought the opening was quite effective with all of the scarecrow style pumpkins and where yeah. she's putting the stuff away and in the sheets and stuff. I thought it was a really strong opening to the film. So actually, I'd probably put that at third and the other two would kind Ooh. of be joint. Okay. So then the two two of the key stories that have a lot more time, I yeah, I just quite liked the opening. So yeah, that's the way I'd rank it. <laughs> awesome. what was your, what's yours then? So <laughs> my favourite is the bus massacre. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I love the whole vibe of it. I love the twist. I love how I love the implied violence of it, which yeah. is very dark. The backstory is uh, great. The backstory is great. I love the whole whole of that. Then it would be the surprise party. Um, mm. I love the I love the twist. Like I said, I go between in liking the uh, Mister Wilkins twist because part of me thinks okay, it's his him getting his just desserts, you know. But then at the same time. I do kind of wish that the stories had been kept separate. Yeah. Um, but overall, I like it. I like the transformation. I like the werewolves. I like the characters. I do like the way, Drew, I never mentioned is the way that it is a nice play on the Little Red Riding Hood yeah, story. I, I, li- I do like that little yeah. use there. And I like the, you know, the little bits of conversation when they're first in, you know, introduced, which yeah, is... Yeah, there's little Easter eggs about, that are like laid Easter out eggs, throughout yeah. their story. Um, and then I would say I love the... Um, the the principle i love that one um i think it's great though potentially a little bit long for me that's the long one um, yeah i think the bit where does, he's buried the body kind of drags on it does but yeah it does balance the bit the bit with mr krieg at the fence and stuff does draw that one down a little bit i think yeah, i mean it, I, it makes sense when you put it all together and i like the it interlinks with mr krieg but i think it just that's the little bit that I feel goes on potentially a little bit too long. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Um, that's probably one of the few bits of the, like that, and maybe a little bit of the Mister Creek part is the few bits of the film yeah. that drag in a film that's not a long film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. then then I would probably say um, the opening. You know, I like the opening. I think it's got some really cool visuals. I like the you know the the woman being killed under the under the sheet and to see the the claret come yeah. out. That's really cool. And then I would say Mister Krieg's story, um, which, like I said, is is a shame because I love the character of Sam, but I think the whole thing just falls flat for me. And to end up the film on that, um, I, I when it you know when it wraps up and has that kind of nice conclusion it makes sense but i think for me that bit is just kind of falls a bit for me you know yeah i think it could have played out in lots of different ways and weirdly as we said because i really like that quarry part i mean i feel like there could have been just as like it could have just as easily had some kind you know it's mr Cree purely because we get the sam proper reveal isn't it that's why it ends with him but at the same time you feel like it could have just ended with you know, Rhonda walking down the street, pulling a thing and going past it kind of thing is then we yeah. leave Sam, you know, looking towards or things like that. We could have already had those parts. So there's lots of ways it feels it could have ended. And yeah, I, I, I agree at the same time. But then I, I do really like that shot of Sam watching over him and yeah. looking at the whole street kind of thing. Yeah, it's I love really that nice. as well. Um, but yeah, Sam almost works best when we don't see as much of him. Yeah, that's why we see him as a little watcher. And then we see him like be under the sheets, killing kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's when he works. Which is at the beginning, obviously, you don't definitely know it's him, but 
as if you've seen any of that stuff, like the poster and stuff like that, you feel like that's probably him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah. I, I guess that concludes it for this week. Um, we hope that we've kicked off the spooky season in style and we've got you in the mood for it. Um, happy birthday to Trick or Treat um, tomorrow. Um, if you're listening to this on the 5th, happy birthday today. And if you're listening to it after... We hope you had a good birthday and yeah. you are X amount of years <laughs> old now. Um, and uh, if you've enjoyed the show, um, obviously hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. That's always helpful. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH podcast and let us know your favorite um, segment from uh, yeah. Trick or Treat. And we will see you next week. See you soon. Yeah.